It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Faster my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Vikings, the Monday after Easter. Hope you had a marvelous weekend and spent some quality time with your family, had good food, got to church, saw relatives, hunted for eggs, the whole nine yards. The buildup to the draft intensifies. Just 10 days until round one, 11 days until the decisive day two, where the Vikings will make three picks. 12 days until they really make their money on day three. Vikings begin their off-season program today. Today they kick off what is basically a nine-week stretch where they have phase one, off-season workouts, the draft occurs, phase two with OTAs, rookie minicamp mixed in there, then a mandatory minicamp mixed in there toward the end. Taking us into the middle of June, Then they get sent off for a month and a half and back to Mankato in late July. No media reports until next Tuesday. That's when we first have access. But I'd keep a watch out on Vikings.com where I'm sure you'll see some sort of mic'd up segment, maybe a player interview or two in the coming days if you are starved for Vikings content, as many are. The Vikings made an addition to their strength and conditioning staff in the offseason, bringing in Derek Keyes from the Browns. In this phase, the players are very active in their strength and conditioning and their weightlifting, their agility drills. So we may see some new tactics used by Derek Keyes and company to get this team back in shape. One notable story came out over the weekend, released initially on Friday night. Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press. Brian Robison is targeting his retirement, not this year, but after next season. He has two years left on his deal. He would like to finish them and then ride off into the sunset. Here's the quote. I really do believe that probably at the end of those two years, it will be it. It'll be about my time to call it a career, but we'll see how I feel when I get there. But I would say that more than likely, that will probably be the time that I'm going to have to lay things to the side and get ready for life after football. Robison turns 34 this month. He had one of his better seasons last year. He'll be making over $7 million over the next two years after taking a salary reduction. He said he talked to Rick Spielman for 45 minutes about his status with the team, about his desire to be loyal, and it sounds like both sides are getting what they want. The Vikings lowered his cap number to save some money, and Robinson gets to stay on the team that drafted him back in 2007. My favorite nugget in the piece, Robinson has begun to think plenty about life after football, An avid fisherman 
He said he likely will do something in that industry, perhaps being a television commentator for tournament coverage. So this is not a Tony Romo switch. This is football to fishing. Hi, I'm Brian Robison. Welcome to the Bass Masters Classic. This lake is hopping with largemouth. 24 fishermen out on the lake trying to claim the prize. These fishermen will have to get creative. I don't know if a Rapala lure is going to do the trick. They might need some live bait. Robison's now the longest tenured Viking without Greenway and without Peterson. In a way, he'll be competing with Daniil Hunter for snaps. But I think the Vikings will find a way to get him on the field regardless, whether it's moving inside, rotating in. I think he's been able to sustain his high level of play a little bit longer than his comrade Chad Greenway, who was notably declining the past couple of years. I don't think that's the case with Robison. And speaking of defensive line, defensive tackle issues, there was a video from NFL Network with analyst Charlie Casserly that I'd like to address Let's listen to the one-minute clip first. Charlie, no first-round pick for the Minnesota Vikings this year, but they do have five selections in the first 118. How would you like to see them utilize their draft capital this year? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, the number one need to me is a defensive tackle position because they don't know if they're going to get Sharif Floyd back. Floyd's an upfield guy. Guy I have in mind the second round from the University of Michigan, Chris Wormley. Now, he plays defensive end. He's strong versus the run. He's 300 pounds. I'm going to move him inside. And he shows rush ability from the defensive tackle position when they allow him to play that position. Number two need, offensive guard. And the guy I like is your favorite player, Rhett, from the University of Indiana, Dan Feeney. Strong physical guy, plays well in a box, can banker on the pass protection, uses his hands well, has trouble when he gets extended, but he's a solid guard, a good second-round pick. And number three for the need is going to be outside linebacker. And the guy I have in mind there is from Vanderbilt, Zach Cunningham. Sideline to sideline guy, plays aggressive downfield. Very good instincts, shows athletic ability to cover. I'd like to see him in a few more cover situations, but excellent instincts. Only negative is size. Excellent second-round pick. The Vikings will be a winner if they get any of those three guys in the second round. So Casterly definitely labels three positions that are areas of need. I'm not sure I'd rank them the same way. If I were to re-rank them, I would probably go guard, linebacker, defensive tackle, rather than defensive tackle, guard linebacker. If you really like Chris Wormley, then go for it. I just don't think that's as pressing of a need as you might think. The Vikings didn't have Sharif Floyd last year. They somehow found a way to make it work with Stefan, Robison, Tom Johnson, and at the end of the year, Toby Johnson. I think Toby Johnson actually has a lot of potential as a defensive tackle, And you still have all of those guys in place. Tom Johnson recovering from a torn hamstring. His status may be somewhat in question, not 100% sure on his recovery timeline. But based on who you have in place, and don't forget about Linval Joseph anchoring the whole thing, a pick at DT would be essentially a pick for depth. I'm not sure how often a DT would play if you've got Snaps to get Brian Robison, Shamar Stefan in a contract year. There are other people that I feel would get precedent on that defensive line. Guys who know the scheme. And with your first pick in the draft, I think you want more of an immediate contributor. 
Wormley was a four-year player for the Wolverines, 17 and a half sacks. As mentioned in the video, he was a D-end, so they'd be moving him inside. Wormley, 6'6", 300 pounds, got good size. But again, that's not on my front burner. We've talked about Feeney on this show. I think he'd be a great fit. That's definitely the trendiest of selections. And then Casterly also touched on Vanderbilt linebacker Zach Cunningham, a guy who we have not talked about on the show. Cunningham, 36 tackles for loss in his career in college, including 30 and a half tackles for loss in the past two years. Played all of the team's games over the past two seasons. Had over 200 tackles each of the past two seasons and seven fumble recoveries to go with five forced fumbles. And knowing Spielman's propensity to take linebackers higher up in the draft, that would make some sense. Cunningham, 6'4", 230. That's the same height as Anthony Barr, but a little bit lighter. Cunningham played with Stephen Weatherly one year ago. Weatherly, the Vikings' seventh-round pick last year. Those two were likely a fearsome Rushing tan. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst our best wishes go out to mike zimmer today vikings coach getting his penultimate eye surgery his fifth surgery in six months he is set to have one more two months from now cataract surgery which should restore his vision concluding a saga that is now stretched on for four and a half months i can't imagine how the quality of life must suffer having one bad eye. I can't imagine the headaches that must ensue from having to squint at everything, from having to look at everything with one eye, from having to do detailed film work with one eye. I imagine driving, if he's even allowed to do it, is a huge burden. Gotta think that having every mundane task become so much more cumbersome because of the eye it probably makes it tough to focus on much else, let alone coaching a football team. So from human being to human being, I wish Mike Zimmer the best because I would not want to be in his shoes. I can't empathize. It's never happened to me, but I got to think that it would be miserable. Hope that gets squared away. Sage Rosenfels should be returning from San Francisco anytime, and we'll get in touch with him on the flip side of his journey. More draft talk this coming week. Hoping to talk to Brian Perez of Locked On Bears and John Lendyard of Locked On NFL Draft should probably make an appearance as well, huh? Thanks for listening. Keep listening through this long off season. We're in this together. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners, this is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.